the recording. Howdy, partner. Hey, Peter. Um, take a deep breath. And uh, when when I read, when I read in the evening for my son, in one of the books, there's uh, they're they're smelling the the star dust or something like that. That's how you get <laughs> him to you. Tr- you try to <laughs> cheat him into meditating, basically, mm. and, like, doing breathing exercises. Oh, yeah, that's clever. That's good. <laughs> not really working but it's it's nice for me i get to do them as well <laughs> yeah my situation is um my dog's actually laying on top of it right now because i ended up setting it on the floor i'm trying to fill out a homestead exemption form which is like this legal document in the states uh in some places where you can get a, a tax break on your home it's complicated it, i tried to fill it out this morning and like it had a bunch of fields in it that i didn't understand what they even wanted and so i just ended up ended in frustration wishing i had a bottle of white out and going like forget this never mind i i've been procrastinating on it for months and then i finally set aside time to do it and i failed <laughs> so, <laughs> just like, that's great man that was great so I, I texted our realtor and said okay let me just ask you some dumb questions maybe you can help me so we'll see or you were right to procrastinate because it's a stupid form or something it's yeah it's <laughs> At the bottom, it says, for more copies, go to whatever.gov. I'm like, I think I'm going to be doing that and starting, starting fresh. This is my practice, my <laughs> practice form. After five months of procrastination, I need, still needed a practice form. So, um, My wife just yeah. told me she filled out a really long form for her university today. And then when she finally clicked submit, um, it all disappeared because it, it had locked her out while because it took so long uh, to fill it out. Ugh. And uh, oh, I feel like people are starting to complain to me about other people's forms. Yeah, I was about to say forms <laughs> are terrible. Can you yeah. can you fix this form, please? That yeah. I couldn't fill out this morning. Man, oh man. What's She's so weird about it, it too is is that we're I'm so digital. Now I'm not digital native. I'm not technically a millennial. I remember when things were all paper and you know wrote you know touchtone phones. But even filling out this form this morning on paper with a black pen. It just felt so weird because I'm sitting there going, someone's going to actually read, like, they're going to read this with their eyes and, like, type in the information that they read to a computer. Wouldn't it make more sense if I just type this into a computer instead? You know, like, it's just because I'm sitting there going, like, what if they can't read my handwriting or what if they mess something up? Like, then it's it's worse. Haven't you it? been practicing your handwriting lately? No. <laughs> yes. Well, I... So I actually write in block letters and I write when I want to write clearly, I can write very clearly. But here I am just stressing every detail of like, it's like enter in your email address. And I'm just like very carefully writing all these letters because I'm like, I don't know. It just seems, it does seem weird working on the internet all day and then filling out forms like this for something as valuable as a home. It's just strange. So anyway, fix all the forms, Peter. That's your job. I should. (laughs) Hey, uh, completely unrelated. Are you yeah. still uh, are you still uh, subscribed to Mike Mabel's um, ex- what is it great ex- starting greatness starting greatness Yeah, I listened to the podcast. There was just a couple, new episode with uh, one of the founders of Moderna. Okay, I don't that think is, I've heard that one. Yet. I haven't finished the whole episode yet, but man, okay. that's really fascinating. Is it okay? I think you're huh. gonna really really like it because he talks about how one of the reasons he didn't want to go public was because he was afraid that investors was going to force him to um, work on a product too quickly instead of working on the platform. And he really wanted to keep working on the platform because he said, if we can get the right platform, you know, we can just churn out all the products like and other people can build products and stuff like that. That, That's going to be the easy part if we nail the platform. But it would be really tempting if they went public for investors to be like okay you have something like let's let's get some products out on on the stuff that you already built that's right yeah hurry and uh, look at what they were able to do with their platform in that's like literal, literal days <laughs> yeah it reminds me of a conversation i had not that long ago with a potential investor in summit and i thought it was a great conversation great fit and then they came back and said that they thought that like our primitives were too specific And what was funny about that is they were confusing the buttons, the new buttons we launched in the left-hand side of the canvas, uh, which are things like a free trial or expenses. They confused those for the primitives that are actually responsible for 
running the simulation that you build. And I didn't really know how to resolve it without, you know, they, they had already come to their conclusion that they weren't going to invest. And once an investor makes up their mind, you can't unmake up their mind. It's just impossible. So there's no point in really trying. But it was funny because like they completely missed the point that those buttons are just because of the way we built the platform, those buttons are really just labels and icons applied to generic objects. And that like the generic objects are the actual building blocks of the tool. So I was like, well, I could literally just change the label to, you know, uh, to a house. And then I could change the the icon to a little picture of a home with a sunshine and a bird flying over it. And it could say add house. And you could click that and it would would literally take me like 60 seconds, assuming I had the icon on hand to like make that. It's like, those aren't the things we spent two years building. Like you're confusing the, uh, you're like confusing the. Um, they thought it stopped with the UI kind of, it's almost like they, they couldn't really yeah, see past that. Yeah. They're like, oh, this, you know, these are your building blocks. I'm like, no, I, I don't know how to put this, but like, that's just like, I was really struggling to come up with a good, um, metaphor it was racking my brain kind of for a week afterwards going like what's right. the is it something you build with summit or on top of summit <laughs> that's right i'm like the thing you think is a building block of our platform is actually a model built using our platform right i'm like i was i had a similar hmm. situation last week when i was explo i was talking to a friend whose product uh, we want to use and it's integrating with segment so we send a bunch of uh, data via segment, like um, it's mostly like anonymous or it's only anonymous data, basically like form was submitted, for example. Well, it's not mm -hmm. all anonymous, but all the form submission data would be anonymous. So we don't want, you know, if if someone is a reform customer, we don't want any of their data to, or their customer's data to leave reform. So right. we don't send their form submissions to a third party. We just send uh, like this literally just a string form was submitted so that we know like in our analytics basically that a form was submitted mm -hmm. and but then we also have like reform the company also uses a reform the product as part <laughs> of our onboarding so we also have some of our own forms and those we actually would send you know, the actual submitted data because it's our data, right? We're the controller of that right, data. Right. And we would send that to another system, let's say a Notion, for example, to have it in a Notion database or something like that. But it was really hard to explain the difference between someone else using Reform and Reform, the company using Reform and how that is really like some of the data that Reform produces is, you know, underlying that's coming mm -hmm. from other people using the product. And that has to be right. anonymous. But right. our own customers' data, like when they fill out one of our forms that we are actually supposed to see and process that data, it's two yeah. different things. But it ended up being really complicated to explain. Because yeah. we just use, like this is just a form that we use because we just used our own tool. So it's just something we built on top of our own tool, basically. Yeah, exactly. Like so it's the, same it's the same thing as saying like someone didn't like that specific form. It's like, yeah, but you can just make another form. I know, form I'm other. like... I'm like, I really don't want you to miss this opportunity because they're like, we're looking for something really generic. And I'm like, I really don't want you to miss this opportunity because you think yeah. that our buttons are our building blocks. But, you know, once people are, you know, once once people who are arguably very smart make up their minds about something, like they can't see, you know, they can't they can't see it anymore. Like they're they're blind to it now. So it's like, okay, lost cause. But I'm like, I almost wanted to draw like a, like some kind of I was like how could I communicate to them and I, I almost came up with this idea of like almost like what you'd see if you're writing Lisp like this really nested function call and I wanted to put like our actual primitives on the inside and then just like wrap it and wrap it and wrap it and wrap it and be like look the thing you think is the building block is actually like the the fourth call if you will on the outside <laughs> and and we actually our own tool makes those so we don't even have to code to make the things that you think are fundamental like the, the fundamental coding things are like four layers below what you think and they're completely abstract so i think we are that thing but oh well like we don't need your money so i guess <laughs> good luck sorry that you missed it <laughs> i tried you could have just asked questions and 
now I'm ranting a little bit, but that's the, that's the thing I learned in, in fundraising is that, um, first of all, you can't change an investor's mind once they say no. It's, they have to change their own minds and they'll, they'll email you if they end up with that regret. The other thing is um, a lot of times, the, the hardest thing for me pitching as a founder was always an investor coming to a conclusion that was poorly informed and instead of having had a conversation, like instead of asking me questions, like, hey, those things on the left-hand side, are, are those your building blocks? Like, are those your fundamental things? They just come to the conclusion that they are without asking the question if they are and and then make up their mind based on misinformation, basically. And always kill me because I'm like, Are you, you know, describing investors or humans in general? Yeah, I mean, Resistance obviously. to change and yeah, I, to make assumptions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'm describing humans in general, but I think what surprises me is that if your job is to yeah, in a professional invest, setting, yeah, in a professional setting, you know, money at stake, which is again, this is all humans, but it goes to show. Maybe this is just a lesson for all of us that it really pays to be curious and postpone judgment so often. In 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 yeah. so so rarely do you actually have enough evidence. Now, an investor has to make a decision, and I think that's where the pushback comes, is that they can't be deeply curious about everything, or else they'll never get through all the decisions they have to make. So they have to make assumptions and snap judgments, but that's also where they get burned. So it's almost like if I were an investor professionally, I'd have to figure out how to scale curiosity not in, in order to make sure I made a good decision. It's like... You know, if this is the crux, if this is the the crux of our decision, is that these building blocks are not generic enough. Maybe, maybe at least go three levels deep on that, you know, dimension, like the thing that you come to a conclusion about. But again, you know, I understand everybody has their time limitations. So interesting, interesting humans we are. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, do you want to do some updates? Yeah, let's do it. All right. I uh, just sent out my uh, investor update for October last night. So yeah, man, you and Derek are on. You guys are on fire with these updates coming out the day, the first and second of the month, man. Just yeah, I saw Derek's and then I was like, Psh. I uh, yeah. I need to do this as well. Do you want Impressive. me to go first? Because then I'm I'm sure. literally just going to go through my update. <laughs> yeah, read off your crib sheet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and we actually, we recorded half an episode last week, but then uh, some stuff yeah. happened. Yeah. <laughs> I got hijacked by yeah. a different podcast. By uh, some of our uh, <clears throat> uh, frenemy podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Um, yeah. So um, the first update, I guess, is product on, I, I think I talked about it last week, but that never got released. So mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's I I think it's safe to talk about it again uh, without being too obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. What happened? The I wrote in my update the playbook worked. <laughs> and, Yay! Um, you know we got the number one product of the day. We got the number one product of the week, and in total for the month we ended up as product number four, which I'm really proud about. We we're really close at being the third, but then someone someone. Uh, passed us on the on the finish line basically like a day before or something so say and that again you were, you were the number one product of the day on number one of the week and the fourth of the month i see wow one of the day number one of the week and fourth of the month okay almost top three for the month wow okay and we were Dang. top three for the month uh most of the month <laughs> but then okay. like the last day or something someone caught up to us so uh, yeah that's you, what happens it's incredible you still get a little medal even if as number four okay. on your profile. Nice. Yeah, and we have like 1,400 upvotes almost, which is quite insane. It's really good. Yeah, I'm really glad we put all the work into it that we did because it really paid off. And it's like, it, you know, if it goes well on the day, you just have to just keep going hard because mm. we had 800 votes on the day we launched. But we, you know, we ha- so we've got like 600 votes since then mm-hmm. from being like in the newsletter and being the number one product of the week, then go to the newsletter again, and then me just tweeting about it a hundred times. <laughs> so 
and it's I think it's also picking up um, some SEO traffic because they do these um, alternative posts. So, yeah. for example, if you search for Typeform alternative, Product Hunt ranks pretty well for that, and Reform is like currently like the second or third alternative to Typeform in that Ooh, post. Nice. So that's really like there's some really nice benefits. Um, hmm to the product and stuff just besides like the the vanity like being number one because <laughs> you know the traffic is Smart. okay like we we got like what did i say eight thousand unique visits or something in total so it's not a ton like you can, hmm. but it's still something of course but it, it will probably convert uh less than your regular traffic um yeah but it's you know it's uh it's some good buzz and it, it yeah i can tell that m many more people are aware of reform and me in general on Twitter and just um, I feel like it's created a little sort of uh, tailwind for us right now where people are excited about the product they saw a product hunt and you know there's a lot just the the product hunt stuff is just an insane amount of social proof <laughs> which is yeah. kind of like how it ends up and I think yeah it just really works it does definitely um, yeah yeah, like it's so. Is your organic traffic trending, or was it a big spike and now it's down? But is oh, big, big, big spike, big so spike, of course. Tell. But then, okay, and that spike happened in October, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. This is October, so you um, you don't know what your new baseline might be, basically. Um, but oh, it's hard to say because Protocon kept yeah. sending us traffic. Um, mm. so like, I can check just like the last seven days. Well, in the last seven days, we've got like 135 visits from Product Hunt. So it's not a ton, but it's still something. Okay. So it's hard to say, but I don't think it's, it's, I mean, we don't have, I can, I can tell that it, it looks like we get more tra traffic now than we did a month ago. If you, don't count product hunt but uh, it's really hard because yeah it's, yep. it's a big spike compared to our normal yeah i mean you'll definitely get some new new evergreen if you will organic uh flow from those sites traffic flow so that's going to stick yeah. around so nice yeah i'm excited to see if those like alternative posts will have an impact because mm -hmm. i want to do i want to you know do more of those types of uh um, tactics like try to get into th there's a lot of those posts around the internet try to get into some of those yeah cool yeah and then i guess this is also something that happened last week but um or maybe not actually maybe it did happen this week uh, we crossed the 100 customer mark which was a Woo! really nice milestone fantastic so uh three digit <laughs> customer account yeah it's a nice it's nice it's well uh, well into four digit MRR. It's like eight or ten times more than Brain Chat. So. That's so cool. Yeah, there's something to be said for customer count. I know that with lower MRR numbers or with lower pricing, it's not the same as if you had, say, $250 a month subscriptions or something for 100 customers, obviously. So, like the magnitude's more. But when you're going after a giant market, having five customers is, is a problem, <laughs> you know, or having 10 customers. So, Getting to those bigger numbers of customers, it's nice to see because yeah. you are going after a bigger market. So th there is something to celebrate there, even though the MRR per customer is lower. Yeah. It means that you're getting out there to more people who can tell people, hey, I'm a customer. I love it too. You know, and that yeah, exactly. grows. And I feel like a hundred, like now we're at the point where you just you don't just like randomly get a hundred people on a subscription maybe like if you sell something like a one-off thing but mm -hmm. you don't just like randomly get 100 people to sign up for a subscription thing that's yeah it's something it's something it's definitely something that's cool man uh congratulations thank you yeah so as you alluded to like one of the things that i, I i'm i'm thinking a lot about is like the arpu is not very high so um you know, if we had had a hundred customers for Brainge, it would look much different because the ARPU which was much higher, like four times higher. Mm -hmm. And um, the churn is also quite high. But then again, it's 
it's really hard to measure churn when you are at our stage because, you know, I think last month we lost six customers mm -hmm. and, you know, for each of them, like I could give you like a specific reason why they left and, and it's, it's not something that worried me. That's good. <laughs> but when you, when you do the math, it's like, whoa, that's a lot of, that's a high churn number percentage. Mm. Yeah, it is. Actually, it's funny that dovetails into the conversation I was having online last week uh, about churn. It was about churn and retention and acquisition. And anyway, Nathan Barry uh, of ConvertKit fame um, showed the gross churn chart that ConvertKit has. Oh, this is a Justin Jackson thread. And their churn's going down naturally. And, and this is the thing. In the early days, it's going to be super high just because of the, the numbers game that you're in. It's the same reason your growth rate is going to be really high. Your churn rate's also going to be high. Um, but it'll go down over time because... You know, most churn happens on new customers and the percentage of customers that you have that are new is also going down. So you'll end up with a churn rate that doesn't make you gasp um, <laughs> if you're doing things right. So I think the only reason it's a problem now is if you aren't making progress because you have such a leaky bucket, right? Yeah. And, and I, th I think that's just too early to tell. Yeah, yep. And we're also like, we're still trying to figure out who we're even for. That's, mm -hmm. that's not helping, you know, churn either. Like if you sell it to the wrong people, basically. Yeah, for sure. And some people buy it just slightly ahead of its maturity. You know, they're eager yeah. to try something, but it's not quite there yet. And they don't have the patience or they have an immediate need. There's a lot of good reasons for people to not be a fit yet. That will be a fit eventually. And to some extent, now they've been exposed to the products and people come back. You know, it's, um yeah, as you so. It's okay. So I'm I'm just looking at now like people are people are buying the thing like mm -hmm. three people started a trial yesterday and you know a lot of them seem happy and they they give me constructive feedback or mm. say nice things most of them and then uh, obviously some of them have want, are wanting to do something that they can't so they might churn or they run out of a use case or something which is natural I guess so yeah I'm I'm still feeling optimistic even though there's a lot of work ahead of us but uh, i i feel optimistic that we can start to work on improving some of these numbers as well because mm -hmm. we have something like that's that was the problem with the last business we didn't really have something so yeah. there's nothing it doesn't really matter how much you you turn the screws and stuff like that if there's no water coming through the pipes like you can't really redirect it or anything like it doesn't really matter so at yes water is coming through the pipes right now and we yeah. can talk to that to the people and we can make adjustments and, and do some, yeah well so, so that's my that makes me optimistic yeah that's my next question post post product hunt um and now you say water's flowing like what is your what is your focus like what segment of that system is important to you yeah, I think I actually I had a good conversation with Rob uh, Walling last week, and we started talking about the churn, like being a little worried about it. But then when we looked into the like the you know the the nominal mm. or the numbers, you know the mm -hmm. not the percentages but the actual numbers, we weren't so worried at least for now. Um, okay. But so kind of like the con conclusion there was, it's much better right now to just focus on getting more people in. Okay. And we are actually getting a lot of people in. It's just that it's only a percentage of them that are converting to a trial, a credit card trial. Mm -hmm. So right now, I think it's still much higher leverage to try to get that number up and just then, get more people to start a trial and get more people into the website. So increase the percentage a, of increase the percentage of organic traffic that sign up for a trial. Right. Okay. That's another way to put it. And and yeah. if you don't, sorry, if they don't sign up for a trial, you don't have their email address. You don't have anything. Is that correct? No, they sign up. They create a user. And then once they want to publish a form, they have to start a trial. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's only like, right now it's only like 5 or 10%. It used to be 10%, but it's closer to 5% with the product hunt traffic. Sure. That are, after they've create, created a user, are uh, starting a trial. Okay. So, and we get a lot of people creating users. So it's 
probably going to make a bigger difference right now to get that conversion rate up. Yep. That and makes sense. We had an, an interesting discussion or not a discussion, but I was, I was trying to explain like how I think about it to Bjorn the other day. And right now, the only way to, to test the form builder is by creating a user. So naturally, a lot of people who are curious to see the form builder will create a user, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they were intending to start a trial. Mm. They just wanted to see the form builder. Got it. So we are, are thinking about um, if we can move the form builder to the website so you don't have to create an account to try the form builder, kind of like mm. you have uh, mm -hmm. done with your uh, demos or whatever you want to call them. Yep. So that that's just an interesting idea because that's going to lower their amount of people that creates a user because a lot of the people that are just wanting to check out the form builder that don't have to create a user right but it's also going to increase the conversion rate of the the people that are starting a trial probably mm -hmm. because it's yeah, going to yeah. be more relevant gonna filter uh, out the people the that users just... are going to be more relevant right so but then, so then the question is, is that going to make a positive different difference overall? Because more mm -hmm. people are also going to see the form builder than before. That's so right. Even though less people are going to sign up based on seeing the form builder, more people in total are seeing the form builder because there's less of a like a barrier to see it. So let's say the conver conversion rate goes down 50%, but then, you know, five times more people sign up uh, than would in the in the end or something like that so it's just interesting to see or to try yeah i wish there was a tool or something like that we could use to model these kinds of things yeah like where you could play with percentages or something and see yeah yeah well yeah. maybe one day some someone will build someone that. should build that yeah. <laughs> uh and the funny thing is you'll also lose the ability to nurture people who don't perform the step yeah. that you're hoping they'll take but which is a which is a downside definitely but your bet is that yeah we're going to lose the ability to nurture them but they were kicking the tires anyway and oh the people who weren't willing to create an account to see the form builder will now see it without having to take that step and that's a meaningful not that could be a hundred times more people than yeah. the people who are willing to take that step of of, of friction so you're really you're turning the form builder into more of a marketing piece as opposed to part yeah. of your sales funnel. Yeah. Removing the form builder up the funnel. You are. Yeah. And that, that's, it's going to, yeah, like you said, you'll have more clarity on the rest. It's worth a shot. See what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause so, so kind of, I guess the philosophy behind it is like, it's going to improve the overall numbers. It's probably going to improve conversion rates might even improve churn and so so the 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 idea is basically you have a much tighter funnel much more optimized and then potentially like it makes more sense to invest in the top of that funnel to because mm -hmm. when people end up in that funnel they're they're better prepared for that or better uh, nurtured or whatever yeah it's the trade-off right. between you know a narrow funnel which doesn't have a lot of noise in it or a lot of, um, you know, poor fits, right? With yeah. a, yeah. So it's sort of like, hey, once they're in there, <laughs> and it very, might, very it high might conversion rate. Also, like, create a new kind of sign up that we didn't, that we aren't getting right now that are starting to play around with the form builder. And then at, for each like move they make in the form builder or each block they add, each letter they type like they're more invested and then mm -hmm. if it says save your progress create a user and it's free to do that you might as well you know if you're planning to come back and you put what, in this work yeah so where would this live this would live it would still live in the product just side, on the website somewhere on the website right in an iframe i think we've okay. been playing around with it a little bit oh that's e cool. extract it from the app so it's kind of like make your thing and then if you want to take it home if you, you want can, to save it you want to save it right right then you create a user i think and then if you want to publish it you put in your cc i like that I, that that yeah i think it could be pretty tight what's cool about this is that 
you are going to have more clarity on what action you want the user to take at each step of the funnel. So instead of having maybe two pools or two kinds of users at this certain step where it's like, okay, we have tire kickers who are at this step and then we have serious people who are at this step. And now the step has to somehow appeal to both those people. It's like, no, let's just, let's know for sure that if they're here, this is how serious they are. And if they're here, this is how serious they are. That, yeah, then you can just, you know, that form that's at the very top, the form builder at the very top has one purpose, which is to get people invested and doing this. And then now you're, you have one focus when they have a user account. That's what I'm trying to say. Once they have a user account, you also have one focus, which is get them to publish a form, you know, instead of like, I'm not sure if they just, maybe they just don't like their form or maybe they didn't like, no, now, you know, they, they bothered to save it. They obviously like it. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. And and I kind of, I might even know what they're trying to do if they, if they start to work on the form, right? Like, cause if they have a half form Mm. named Mm -hmm. customer success manager application form and it's not done, like at least I can reach out to them and be like, Hey, are are you still planning to hire this person? Are are you going to use reform for it? Yeah. Cool. So it's more, yeah, I think it could work. Um, nice. I'm, ex- I'm excited about it at least. Cool. But yeah, like, so um, the final bit of my update was basically that um, uh, we, I feel like after the product hunt, like the, the dust has has settled a bit now and, and mm-hmm. we've started to find our old shipping cadence um, that I really nice. liked and I really, really wanted back. Yeah. But I think, sorry. That's good. Yeah. So I think uh, in the next, in the coming months, like Bjorn is going to mostly be shipping and we're going to, we use our own like modified version of shape up that I've mentioned here a few times. So it's only two week cycles and it kind of works for us right now. Mm. And um, yeah, that's going really well. And then my focus is going to be on growth and, and I'm also going to be writing code. Like I'm working on a Zapier integration right now, but it's because it has, it's related to growth is kind of like how I, I justified a little bit because it's, you know, business mm. development, it's partnerships and it's integrations. It's um, it really ties into um, how we're going to like get reform mentioned more places, including like app directories and blog posts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like where I'm focused and um, I can't remember if I've mentioned it here. Um but I'm I'm really starting to get into SEO and think about like how how we can get started on that because I think it's something that would be really great to get working for a low ARPU self serve product led SaaS uh, like ours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then speaking of the ARPU, like uh, and re- kind of related to the to growth, I guess is um, I want to revisit our pricing soon because we kind of have our launch pricing and. Now we'd really like to get that ARPU up a, a bit, and and I think once you once we have a hundred customers, like we're starting to have a volume where there's probably a handful here and there there that are willing to pay quite a bit more than they are now. Yeah. Or we're starting to add more advanced features, like we have file uploads, for example, that we still have in beta, but you know that file upload costs money because uh, there's storage involved, and also we do virus scans of every file. Uh, which I feel like is a nice uh, mm. value add as well mm-hmm. uh, for people. And that's cool. Um, we're going to add like embeds soon. So you can add videos and basically anything um, that supp- that is like an O embed uh, kind of cool. embed. So you can, anything that basically you can embed like a tweet or a, a video or whatever. Yeah. And um, yeah, I feel like some of those could be good candidates for like adjusting the pricing a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think if we get the churn down a little bit, get some more traffic to the side and maybe even get some expansion revenue and get the ARPU up a bit, I feel like it, we could actually s- start to see some growth because we've, it feels like the launch phase, we're done with that. The MR is not in, amazing. Like it's, it's not something we can, we can live off, but um, at least there's, you know, water coming through the pipes, as I said. So I'm yeah. excited to start to tweak that and, and try some stuff in that area. I mean, once you get the 
what I would almost call the activation rate improved, which is, um, you know, moving the form, like you said, and, and knowing that people who give you their contact are pretty, uh, serious about the, you know, what, what they've made, et cetera. Like once you get all that straightened out, I mean, you probably shift into a top of funnel, like very top of funnel focus, like, okay, yeah. it's working. We want to continue to do product work to improve it. But now then you would shift to truly like, how do we get more exposure, more traffic, et cetera, I assume. I don't know why I imagined this like crazy house party or maybe even like a fire festival or something like that, where I'm like <laughs> running around trying to get people to come in and yeah. Bjorn is like standing in the door and I'm like, just make sure everyone is happy and don't let anyone leave. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll scale. That'll, that'll work out yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. You come back and find Bjorn might be a little underwater, but Hey, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that you don't want to end up like that documentary of the festival. No. <laughs> You're like, we did it. We got them all here. What happened, yeah. man? <laughs> That's a really strong tub of funnel work right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe too strong. That's right. Poor retention. Yeah. Well, they're they're trapped on an island. They, so they, they couldn't leave. They yeah. Couldn't, <laughs> yeah. Retention no, a no NPS. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. That was my update. Sweet. Let's uh what are you planning to put in your update when you send it out? Ouch. <laughs> I felt that. Um, uh, maybe I haven't checked my spam yet. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> if your rules are working properly, that's where you should go. Yeah. Huh? Maybe it's a fluke in the pipe or something. <sighs> well, uh, got some new, had some new customers since our last update. Um, things are continuing to yeah, flow. We are. I've seen your Slack updates. Yeah, that's exciting. We are um, focused on activation. We need to do a couple things this you know, over the next couple weeks. Um, one of those is to stop and look now at the data from the last couple weeks and see if new visitors are having a better first run experience than they used to. Um, not huge numbers, but if you look at you know, 30, 40, 50 people a week for the last couple of weeks and compare those to before, you know, I'm really curious to see if we've significantly improved the percentage of people who come back, you know, and or have a first session that's, you know, 15, 20, 30, 40 minutes instead of, you know, 60 seconds of clicking around and then leaving. <laughs> so, so we need to measure the success or, or um, measure whether or not our changes had the impact we were hoping they would. Um, so that's something we need to do. So I don't have data on that yet, um, but that's a priority. And then, um, yeah, I think we are, we're shifting gears a little bit, as I like to say, pushing in the clutch and finding that roadmap view of what we want to do in the next uh, calendar year. I think, you know, this quarter, something that's on my mind a lot is testing and we have testing. I have unit tests for the parser and for the simulator. Um, many of them test to make sure the results are what they should be if you write a certain piece of code. But I kind of want to spend, I mean, it's almost, it's almost like, okay, it's working. I, now I don't want to screw it up. And so part of me wants to actually s slow down new feature development and just write and just improve test coverage a lot. Yeah, because I can relate give, to that. Just give myself peace of mind that like, look, this thing does not lack for features at the moment. What really hurts, though, is when we create new features and we break something or whatever. And I catch stuff, but sometimes I don't catch stuff. And because our tool is so flexible, um, it's really easy for people to type in expressions that, you know, maybe worked a minute ago and now don't. And so we find those. So I, I hate that. So I want to spend time just committing to, okay, we've got maybe 12 fundamental, as we were talking about earlier, 12 like fundamental types of events. Kind of want to write expressions and tests um, for every one where the output 
is also being compared to what it should be. And so maybe we, I mean, I, I don't think it's unreasonable to perhaps triple or quadruple the number of tests that we have currently and just feel a lot better about regression prevention and or detecting regression. Um, and I think that'd be a great use of time because I, I hit a moment last week where I had an idea for a new feature of the language and it's to the point now where if I just keep adding more features to the language, it's feeling riskier to do so because I don't feel completely confident that, you know, the, that the tests are there to determine that I didn't regress anything. You know, it's like, okay, now you can do this little operator or you can do this. I added matrix math last week. It's kind of, it's kind of experimental quote unquote, but you can multiply two lists together, which is really handy for some advanced stuff with pricing models, et cetera. But to, to enable dot products or matrix math, I had to go in and I had to go in and um, for every single arithmetic operator, I had to add like a line of code that tests to see is this a list or is this not a list. Feels really risky <laughs> to change like the plus yeah. sign, <laughs> how the plus sign works without yeah. having like a lot more tests. So um, I kind of want to just focus on tests on the, on the Python and language side for a while. So maybe this is the accountability uh, flag that I'm planting. Ask me next week how that's going. Um, and then on the front end, we want to do a couple things. Um, one is we want to make it where users can turn events into forms. Funny enough, there's a the theme of the episode. So nice. if you type in an expression, which is like to represent your bank account balance, you could do equals pool parentheses one, you know, 150,000, 150K close parentheses. You can also label that 150K value using another little special syntax of like a little less than symbol and a greater than it's like a tag, an HTML tag, and you can label that value. And so numeric values in Summit can be labeled, in Cell can be labeled. Um, and we just realized, like, wait a minute, if we leverage those labels that are in the code, they're called yeah, unit unit types. If we leverage those labels, we could actually create a form where that label is actually input field label. <laughs> And then we could just have the numeric value that precedes it be the value in the input field. And then coders, like people that know Summit language can create essentially forms out of Summit expressions. So your, your end users don't have to know how to write Summit event language. They can literally That's just really see a cool. form <laughs> where they can just so modify you can build 150 little K. calculators and stuff like that, or big calculators. True, truly, you can build forms-based little mini apps using Summit, and the end end user doesn't have to know any code. Um, so that feels really, really powerful because we're talking about. That's so cool, actually. Like, it, it, I'm imagining now, like, if I can drag and drop like a, a square on the screen and be like, if this is the public part, this is one what I want to expose. Exactly. And I can just like show that in a little window and send it to people. And it's just a summit app that you can just type in whatever, like there are three variables and then they get their runway or something like that. That's right. So if you have a calculator really cool. or mathematics as part of your marketing or your content marketing, being able to use a summit board as a programming environment or a development environment is step one. Step two is sharing that with your audience and your audience trusts you enough because you're the authority on the calculation. They don't have to maybe want to peel back the, you know, uh, presentation layer and look at the code, but they can like, maybe you let them if they want to, yeah. maybe they can't modify it. So then we get into stuff like, wow, you could, you could lock the code so they can change, they can edit the form field, but they can't change the code, you know, the yeah. expression, but being able to peel it back and see that might be appealing to them or it might not, but it, it then we all, we ultimately are moving towards this kind of, um, I know this is going to be a, a cringy example for a lot of people that aren't my age, but like visual studio or maybe something that's more yeah. of like a WYSIWYG coder where you get to, 
code and visualize the presentation layer simultaneously. Yeah, it's, it's big, I think. Well, then, so then it opens up this whole other use case, right? And we're really talking about just adding one feature, uh, which is the forms piece. But then I was like, wait a minute. You know, there's a lot of times within a company where people will create a spreadsheet whose sole job is to be a calculator for some other group or department or team yeah. within the company. And like the spreadsheet becomes this ad hoc coding environment for internal teams to develop these little calculators and apps for other people. So, you know, you might build a pricing configurator, a price generator for sales, the sales team to use. Yeah. But like, you don't need your salespeople. You, first of all, you only want there to be one of those. You don't want the salesperson to necessarily have to be able to do it, but you could grab an engineer or a, a sales engineer or an ops engineer or somebody on the team that knows code well enough to create that. And the idea that they could choose maybe Summit to create that internal calculator or tool instead of a spreadsheet and then lock things down and change the presentation and give you know, their users the ability to, to publish it externally, like all these things. So I'm like, yeah. wow, you know, Summit for, for a lot of, little apps, maybe there's a layer in there where it's a um it's better than a spreadsheet for one of these internal tools because because a lot of the mathematical operations that Summit does, if you told me that I have to build a pricing <laughs> pricing generator in, in, in a spreadsheet, I'd rather build it in Summit. And so then you're also making my development experience better. And then you're allowing me to make the end user experience better instead of like, don't click this tab. <laughs> or don't change yeah. this or don't change that. All I have to do is just say like lock show form, you know, and yeah. I've built a little app. It's kind of yeah, kind of coming together in a strange way. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Google has Google Forms as kind of like an input field to their stuff. And yeah. um, Airtable has Airtable Forms. It's all the cool kits. Yeah, has a they have some sort of form. Yeah, component. I, that's right, and and I think what we're yeah. So what we're doing is we're saying you know if you if you code in this environment, you can make things for other people. Those could be your prospects. Those could be your users. Those could be your teammates. Um, so that's a forms feature, and really it just comes down to leveraging those tags that are in the language. And then the other piece, which is a much I just got done saying that and realizing, wow, that's actually a big, that's a big theme. That's a big, that's a big territory. Maybe that's not as small as I thought, but I think we could take a baby step. The other one that's less of a, can we take an incremental step is we want to enable charts and charts and um, kind of statistics within the tool that are a little bit more powerful. So if you've got the model set up and it's running and all you want to do is just take a certain thing and divide it by another thing. We want to enable that in the table somehow or make that really easy for you to say like, oh, well, our profit margin is actually this event divided by that event. And there is a way to do measurements in the tool right now. But what we realized is that it's probably better to let the user play with those numbers after the simulation runs because it's kind of derivative metrics anyway. And so forcing the simulator to rerun just to do a division of what's already in the table down below yeah, doesn't make sense. So we get into charting and um, charting and statistics about the output of your model. And we think that has a lot of potential because being able to put like a graph or a chart next to like, on the board <laughs> and it's like it's it's an object on the board and it changes as you run rerun the model and you can actually see like that output right there um moves us closer to that spreadsheet feel where you can also place a chart somewhere on there you know um yeah so that's that's something we're thinking about as a theme and i think a good it's probably a good segue to i recently posted on Twitter about looking for more help on the JavaScript side as well as the Python side, uh, potentially. That kind of theme, <laughs> what we just talked about, those are both really exciting and, and we want to pursue those. It'd be great to be able to have Giles work on the forms piece 
and focus on that for a while um, and then help out in the other. And so we're looking for a little JavaScript and React help. We believe we found someone, um, which is exciting. So they are going to be freeing nice. up. Yeah, in this environment, <laughs> in this job market or this talent market, um, it is really exciting to find somebody that can help you or you know join the team with like real effort. So we're hopeful uh, that that would begin sometime in December or January and we'd get a little extra bandwidth uh, to help us move this thing forward. Because like I'm kind of in the same boat as you, it's working. Um, but now it's like, okay, our Bjorn <laughs> needs to like make sure the product keeps getting better and better. But then I'm going to focus more of my time and energy in 2022 on business development and marketing. Yeah. So, yeah. Strong update. Yeah. Uh, a little Lots bit of everything. Of, uh, room to grow into. Yeah. A little bit of everything. Um, excited. And uh, it feels good. It, it just you know feels like we have some solid footing, which those that have been listening to this podcast for over 100 episodes know you and I both have been yeah. searching for for, for, a, yeah. for a long time, man. So it's good. Yeah, good stuff. Well, it was also has been like a month or whatever since we put something out there. True. true. Or has it? Maybe only a couple of weeks. I don't know. Whatever. Okay, let's try to release this one. Yeah, sounds great. So, good to catch up. Same. Have a great rest of your evening. All right. See ya. Bye. Bye.